0: This is my son, Charlie, and his girlfriend. Hi.
1: So Jerry is our new neighbor. Hey. Hey. Now listen to me. We've up all the disappearances. That's you right there in the center next to his house. I really hate to be the one to tell you this, but that guy, your neighbor? Jerry. Yeah, he's a vampire. (laughs) That is a terrible vampire name, Jerry? You are listening to "Don't Be That Guy" got a sequel remix. This is episode three hundred and seventy-one. I'm Marquise Mike. Fired up, yeah. Fired up, tuned up, feeling lucky. If I could, if I could quote you from earlier, let's go, let's go, let's go. Feeling lucky, feeling dangerous. Yeah, let's do it. It's a, it's a quite the combo. <laughs> is that is that a Baker Mayfield quote? Um, I know he woke up feeling dangerous. Did he had the feeling I, lucky? I don't know where I've heard that. Yeah. I'm not cool enough to have made up anything like that. No. I'm sure I heard it somewhere. Maybe you combine two things. Could be. Now it's your own. Could like, be. You've heard people say feeling lucky. You've heard people say feeling dangerous. You just put
0: them together. I, there was another good uh, Baker Mayfield quote this week. Uh, this isn't a sports podcast, but no, no. Um, I guess when he when asked about the big matchup of Carolina versus Cleveland. Baker said, I'm going to fuck him up. Oh, good. And I was thinking to myself, I don't think
1: you probably will, but I hope you do. You know what? Uh, and it's not just because, again, not a sports podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about the NFL for our movie fans. The National Football League. For, for, our, for our fans who always turn the movies and go, who, who are they talking? Who are they speaking <laughs> about? We're talking about former Cleveland Browns quarterback, now Carolina Panthers quarterback. He's the guy who takes the ball. He throws it Uh, go back, listen to our Longest Yard podcast we cover the game we're talking about Baker Mayfield Uh, and it's not just because I own his number one wide receiver, that's the guy who catches the ball Um, think uh, Michael Irvin in the Longest Yard right? it's not just because I own him in fantasy football but that helps I'm Team Baker I'm, I'm Team Baker in this breakup. Like, yeah. I hope he fucks them up. I'm also Team Baker. I hope he runs up the score. A lot of touchdowns to DJ Moore, who just so happens to be on a fantasy team. But, yeah. Fuck Cleveland. Yeah. They're a very unlikable team. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. They're shady. No one likes them. No t- no one likes them. Uh, well, okay. So that's football talk. That ends our... Yep, that's our segment on uh, football... Yep afternoon yep.
0: in the basement
1: join us in February when we do this again for the start of Super Bowl <laughs> uh, what are you been watching ah uh, short list because um, because said football because
0: of said football yeah short list and I think mostly because I've been I've had a lot of family commitments over the last couple weekends Yeah. and so other than uh, the movies watched for uh, the show today I watched 2016 the nice guys okay yeah S- holds up I, I saw it it's on Netflix now it's so sting- it's still really good it's good okay once well,
1: that once I remember really liking it yeah it's really good yeah. I haven't seen it since the theaters yeah and it's just great it's just a great movie I okay, asked so are you doing this in the order of how you enjoyed them like much like you did last episode no okay. No, I mean, this list is so short, I have one other movie to, okay. to mention. Okay, perfect.
0: And I think, I guess I am doing it in order, I like them in reverse. Okay, so reverse that, order. That was my most liked. Yeah. And then I watched a brand new Amazon Studios release, Sylvester Stallone, oh, Samaritan. Yeah. And, you know what? I didn't hate it. Okay. I think, I think it had really good bones. Maybe execution wasn't great. Sure. But I think the idea and the story are really cool. Um, yeah, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I think it's in canned pretty bad, but I, I kind of enjoyed it. Okay. So, yeah. And that's uh, that's on Amazon. That's Amazon Prime. Just just released, I think, last weekend. Yeah. Um, that was a big front, yeah. And I'll tell you what. There's not a lot of people that look cooler walking around in a hooded sweatshirt than Sylvester Stallone. Oh, he pulls it off. Yeah, but I think I think it, I thought it was a, a perfectly fine movie, um, kind of a twist on a on a superhero movie. Uh, but I thought the story was I thought the story was interesting and the idea was great, and I think the the setting's cool. Okay, so o- overall, I enjoyed it. It's got some cool action fighting. Um, it's not su- It's not like real over-the-top kind of superhero movie. It's more of kind of like a... It's along the lines of like an Unbreakable, to it's, be completely honest. It's not as good as Over the Top. The Sylvester Stallone. It's hard to beat Over the Top. Yeah. It's <laughs> hard to beat that movie. I haven't seen that in 30 years. Yeah. But it's good when you remember. From what I remember, no one really like can wear a
1: backwards baseball hat like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> no question. Banks, the peak of fashion. <laughs> Backward baseball cap, a hooded sweatshirt, uh, okay, I don't know if he ever did this in Rocky, but in my mind, gray sweats, gray hooded sweatshirt, he definitely wore that in Rocky. Weightlifters belt over their sweatshirt? Am I making that up, or is, like, does Rocky wear no, that?
0: I, I think that's a, that's a, rocky, that's a rocky, rocky move. Man pulls that off. Quick. I think that's a weightlifting move.
1: Oh, over, yeah, definitely over, but, like, I guess he does lift a lot of weights, yeah. yeah tons of weights. Uh because, you know, like in the movies, I feel like they, they they ditch the belt. You know, they're just like pumping iron. They just want to make it. But, yeah, I feel like Rocky, the gray sweats, gray sweatshirt, weight lifter's belt over the sweatshirt. Yeah. Knit cap. Knit cap. That's Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. And no one wears a knit cap better than Stallone. Oh, St- Stallone wearing a beret in Demolition Man. <laughs> like, like in Roxy. Wearing a wool blanket that he cut a hole in in Rambo. You kidding me? That looked tailored. Was that wool or was that just like a burlap sack? Oh, maybe it was just like a burlap sack, yeah. I wearing, thought it was like a wool army blanket or wearing something. Wearing the, what was that,
0: like turtleneck cardigan in the Expendables 2? Oh, yes. <laughs> a lot of
1: turtleneck. Yeah, a lot of turtleneck <laughs> in Expendables 2. Man, it looks great. Looks great. Looks yeah. great. Uh, that, but, that Rocky Balboa retired cap he wears in Creed. Yeah, you know, it just yeah. pulls that off like ah, working. C- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm a restaurant owner
0: now. No one wears
1: that better. Yeah, no one wears that better.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, enjoyed Samaritan. Maybe you'll watch it and tell me what you think. What's the runtime on that?
1: Like an hour forty, maybe. It's uh, shorter. That's right. Yeah, I don't experiment. Like if I hear, if I hear mixed reviews and it's like two ten, I'm probably not gonna check it out. If it's an hour forty and I'm hearing mixed reviews, I was like, that's enough for me. to yeah, I'll, yeah,
0: it's not terribly long. I can wait. Uh, it does suffer from maybe the not the best child actor oh, cast. Yeah. He's not terrible. Yeah, but it's the child actor dilemma, right? Right. Is he better oh. than the kid in Over the Top?
1: I, I don't I, know. if that I kid don't was kind of. remember. I don't remember a kid from Over the Top. Oh, that movie's all about a divorced dad trying to win custody of his son, who is, I believe, his mom's dying of cancer. And it's like his stepdad's gonna send him to military school, so he runs away to go be with his truck di- uh, truck driving uh, dad, who is also a competitive arm wrestler. I'm starting to think I've never seen Over the Top. Oh, I forget. <laughs> I forget. St- Stallone's name is is Hawk. His last name's Hawk. Because then the big thing at the end was uh, the other time cowboy there. Be, spoiler, they. Or unite. They get reunited. He goes over the top. Father and son, yes. Uh, I don't know if he, maybe it's like a, uh, maybe it's like Friday Night Lights, like, does he win? Or did he win the biggest prize, which is the love of his son? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he wins. It's a Stallone movie. Uh, an 80s movie. I just and yeah, it's an 80s movie. Yeah. I just remember they're driving, and, you know, they're going to be truck drivers together, and his son says, why don't we call it Son and Hawk? And then Stallone, very Stallone, he's like, we call it uh, Hawk and Son. Sounds better. I think that's how the movie ends. I and mean, it does sound better. Oh, yeah, you definitely always put Sun at the. Yeah. End. You don't go Sun and Hawk. <laughs> I'm a dumb kid. <laughs>
0: um, but those are those other than I, those are the two movies I I got in. I got I got some TV in. But, uh, yeah. Two movies. That's, two movies. I, I did get a new Xbox too, so that's been taking that's some of that, life a life lot life of
1: time life. actually. I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed. You have National Football League. yeah, Assassin's Creed. Television. Yeah. Like, it's it's hard to get. Bunch of stuff in. Yeah. And, and honestly, I haven't watched any preseason football. Yeah. Just Hard Knocks on HBO. I have not seen a lick of preseason football. And you shouldn't. Actually, that's a lie. I went out for pizza at a restaurant, and they had it on the big screen. And I was like, hey, there you go. There's some football. I forget what teams were playing, but it, was, it felt good to be back. Yeah, you know? it was good. I don't, Gritter, were those good plays? The, were, the gridiron, the fumbles. Man, were those start triggers? I don't know. But, you know, they ran a sweep. Got a couple yards, I didn't see a flag, that's a win in my book. Nah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you? I only I saw a handful of movies. I am looking at them right now, I'll tell you, not a stinker in the bunch. Okay. Uh, a lot of these a lot of these were rewatches for me. But one new one. I'm gonna do these in the order of how I much I enjoyed them. Top to like, yeah. bottom or bottom top? Bottom top as I feel like the you know the audience they can learn. You know, now they can kinda of get our recommendations of like, okay, what are they truly recommending? Not that any of these were bad. These are all four-star plus movies. Um, but this is new to me. 2013, Under the Skin. Uh, it is an A20. It's, a, it's an A24 film. I believe it's a Scottish production starring Scarlett Johansson. Um, she is an alien who picks up men in her van. And it's weird. There's a lot of like beautiful imagery. It's very. I guess, like, surreal. Like, some of the stuff, you know, we're just looking at weird things. Avant-garde. Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, it has a certain je ne sais quoi about it, yeah. Um, you know what? Very arty. It, it does feel very arty. Um, I don't have strong opinions about Scarlett Johansson, one way or the other. I, you know, I, I don't know if she's necessarily a good actress. I don't think she's a bad actress. I'll say that this is the best thing I've seen her in. Um, yeah. Under the skin. And, Unsettling. Like, there is, like, some truly, like, uncomfortable scenes and kind of some, s- not scary, but, like, I don't know. What's close to being scary? Thrilling? Nervous? Uh, thrilling? Yeah. So, some some nerve-inducing? Haunting. haunting, if you will? Uh, yeah, just some, like, you know. Uh, Tension? You know, you know g- get that heartbeat up a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah, under the skin. Um. Okay, Here's another movie 1974 this is a rewatch but this is a rewatch. I hadn't seen this in, in quite some time. I watched 1974 the Tony Hooper classic Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I can tell you that's still a freaky movie oh. Also very uh, avant-garde very art housey uh, <laughs> I was watching the beginning I was like all right it, it, it is what I'm watching bad or is it genius because this guy had like 40 bucks. Paid these people, you know? Because it starts out very weird, mm. um, very over the top, but man, is that movie creepy. And then it kicks in with some, some good old-fashioned Texas Chainsaw Massacring. Um, scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That it, is a scary one. It holds up. 83 minutes. Um, which, you know, that's a plus for me. Okay. Two other movies. Here's one. Uh, this this was a family movie night. Got my she'd never seen this movie. I was like, oh, you know, we, we gotta watch it. It's new to HBO Max. At least that's what the as i was scrolling, it said just added two thousand one. I know you recently just watched this Training Day. Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke, fantastic. That movie still still holds up. I hadn't seen it in fifteen years, but it knowing like I guess the twist or like you know the the third act how that breaks out like kind of watching the beginning of how like it all unfolds was kind of a, a fun experience sure yeah uh, and, then, and my wife she she greatly enjoyed it so yeah. uh yeah everybody enjoyed uh Drain day denzel washington yeah great actor great actor so is ethan hoft he is a good actor yeah, yeah. so is scott glenn who's in that hell movie. yeah uh, scott glenn yeah silverado <laughs> uh and then one other movie this was uh my son had been demanding it so i threw it on spider-man into the spider-verse i I watched this recently it's a fantastic movie it's just great it's fun Uh, it looked very just cool and like it's just nice to see like creative fun animation and great music dare i say
0: that's what started the Nicolas cage renaissance being the voice of the voice of
1: noir Spider Man noir, I think so. I, I think, started it. I think yep. We he gets to be he kind of plays like a fun quirky. He's like oh Nick Cage in the Spider Man movie. Then he, I think he does something. I think then that kind of leads and he does like the mom and dad and it's like oh okay wait these these VOD movies are kind of good. Then he does Pig, and then he's in a theatrical release again. And next thing you know, whatever his next thing is, he's with the Academy Award. Damn right. That's that's how it's uh, shaping up. That's it. Four movies. All pretty good uses of my time, I'd say. Uh, And then we watched two other movies to tap it off. We're finishing out Vampire, August Vampire Month, as everyone knows. Naturally. Naturally. (laughs) We watched, uh, so we did Blade Two last episode. This episode, it was my turn to pick. And I picked the 2011 remake to the 1985 cult classic. Is that culture or is that cult? We'll find out. Yeah. Fright Night. Uh, Fright Night was written and directed by Tom Holland, uh, who also directed Child's Play around the same time. It stars Chris Sarandon, William uh, Ragsdale, Amanda Bierce, Roddy McDowell, Stephen Jeffries. Um, it uh, Let me pull up the old... Here we go. Nobody believes teenager Charlie Brewster when he discovers that his suave new neighbor, Jerry Dandridge, uh, Dandridge is a vampire. So when the bloodsucker starts stalking Charlie, he turns to has been actor Peter Vincent, famed for betraying a ghoul hunter. Unfortunately for the would be vampire slayers, Dandridge has his sights set on Charlie's girlfriend. Fright Night. There are some very good reasons to be afraid of the dark. Was this your first time watching *Fright Night*? It was. What are what? What did you think? It had this '80s charm, which
0: I feel like we can all give thanks to Netflix and *Stranger Things* for for bringing this like nostalgia sure. for the '80s. You know, a few years ago, um, it had that going for it. There was there was something fun about it because of the time period
1: and the way it looked. Filming that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we we talked about this last episode about like, are we more forgiving versus like a theatrical release versus Netflix? I definitely think I do have like uh, a, like, I am very generous to like a movie, like, because of that nostalgia. Like, it just, this felt very 80s. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like, I'm willing to forgive that it's not paced like a movie nowadays. Like, this is a little slower, but it does, it, it has a charm to it. Uh, it's listed as a horror comedy. Um, I can't say I don't know if it was necessarily a comedy, but it's like not. But it doesn't also take the horror as seriously, so maybe that's why it gets its comedy. Yeah, I can, I can, I can't. Uh, I can't have a problem with that. With
0: that tag, yeah, I, I think it's not. It's not like funny, but
1: I, it's not because it's not a black comedy. But there's some. But it definitely is like. Kind of wacky character. Yeah, it's kind and of and, I, like tongue in cheek horror. Or... Yeah, and, and and yeah, yeah. Well, I like it. It worked. It worked for me. I, I I I, I thought this was pretty good. I yeah, like uh, Peter Vincent. I really like that character and just like kind of having like a Vincent Price like, um, you know, uh, television hosts turn you know ha- having to turn to like you're a kid. Do you know, the vampires like who do you turn to like little well, guy on television who claims to be a vampire expert. Yeah. Um yeah, I kind of like how it plays, you know, just it's 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 a classic vampire story but just kind of fun being like, "Oh, what if a vampire moved in next door?"
0: Um, yeah, I I quite enjoyed it also and I and I I did enjoy kind of those cl- those classic vampire tropes mm-hmm. that I feel like recent vampire movies have just left behind in some ways. Yeah. Um, the The steak and, and the garlic and the crucifix and
1: being invited in. That's a
0: great. Yeah, the yeah. invited in thing is super cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it had a seven to nine million dollar budget. Um, conflicting reports. Twenty four million dollars at the box office. Ninety two percent on Rotten Tomato based off thirty six reviews. Uh, Consensus Read definitely combines thrills and humor in this ghostly tale about a man living next to a vampire. And the last part of that review is summary. That's that's not a review. That's just what happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't like... Let me... To all to our listeners, if you have a letterbox, letterbox is not the place to give me this... I don't like reading reviews that is the summary of the movie. Just cut those three paragraphs out. I don't... One, if I open up your letterbox review and it's six paragraphs, I'm not reading it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't like give me your review. Like, assume I saw the movie or I'm interested to see the movie. But don't give me a breakdown of like how the who the character. is. You know, review. The best
0: reviews have like a paragraph of like strong points and weak points. Yeah, right. And then and then especially in this day and age on apps and things, we're gonna read that the first three sentences and know we're gonna watch. The, if if we're looking at reviews, decide if we're watching the movie. Three sentences is all we need to decide if we're watching it. Yeah. If we're looking at reviews just to see what other people think about it, yeah. Put that longer stuff towards the end Mm -hmm. and then assume
1: we've seen it because we if that's the case we have. Yeah. Yeah. And if that is the case, I mean go read some professional reviews. They don't give me they don't start the review with a summary of the movie. They'll take some of that summary and they'll mix it in with their review with their thoughts. You know, they'll they'll have a here's 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 what I think. Here's example A, B, and C from the movie. But they're not going to just like, this is a movie about this character and next door and then this happens and then... Let's cross that out. Yeah. Big Red, Big Red X. Um, Bright Night. Cult classic, according to the internet. Um, it gets a remake, as a lot of things from the 80s did in 2011. This time uh, we have director Greg Gillespie who um, I was surprised had gone on. I mean, he directed I, Tanya and *Cruella* just like last year. Um, it's kind of awesome. fun that he had *Fright Night* under his belt uh, a decade earlier, directed uh, by Marty Noxon, who she was the writer for *Buffy* the TV show, uh, along with a bunch of other TV credits, uh, and then starring Anton Yelchin, Colin Farrell, uh, Imogen Poots, Tony Collette, David Tennant. This. Follows closely to the original. A teenager suspects his new neighbor is a vampire. Unable to convince anyone, he tries to enlist the help of a self-proclaimed vampire hunter and magician in the remake of this 1985 comedy horror classic, *Fright Night*. You can't run from evil when it lives next door. Uh, was this your first time seeing *Fright Night*? It was. Yeah, this was my second. I saw this once on like Netflix, like, but I mean, it had been a while. Since I've seen Fright Night. Uh, just kind of, what were your initial thoughts of watching Fright Night? I was, I was, uh, pleasantly
0: surprised with the cast. Mm-hmm. I, I, when you said we are watching, I had no idea who was in it. Yeah. I just fired it up, and I was like, oh shit, it's the dude from Star Trek, and then mm-hmm. Colin Farrell shows up, and Tony Collette, I was like, what the shit is this? Yeah. Um, so that was good, I mean, the cast was good, um thrown... I'm always thrown back by this era of movie which was meant to be 3D in the theater and watching that on
1: the flat screen is obnoxious. It's weird. I was... Uh, you know, I, was, I write my notes down I put a little plus or minus. I just kind of just go in the order. I had a lot of pluses and then... Because I don't feel like that 3D shot comes in to like 15 minutes into the movie. At least yeah. when I noticed it. I just go, oh man, shot for 3D? <laughs> The, the first, and then and then you start to notice some more. I
0: feel like the first 3D shot was when um, Evil Ed throws the paint can through. That's the That's when room. I noticed it. Yep. And I thought, oh yeah, 2011.
1: Yeah, yeah. This guys, was this was that time. I don't. I mean, I want to say My Bloody Valentine was probably like a year or two before this, and same thing. Like, probably or who knows, in air quotes, cool for the theater. I don't like 3D, but. Like, oh we have the technology, it's fun to do it, but like think about how your movie's gonna live on. It's it does not look cool on your television. Yeah, I 3D's interesting.
0: I don't hate three D. Okay. I don't love it. Um When I saw Avatar, yeah, I've heard of it. I saw in the super three D IMAX. Yeah. Because that was the you know the native filming that's that where a sits next cameron did right yeah. and i was absolutely blown away by what visually what i was seeing it was unbelievable and so i thought wow this is what 3d is now this is great stuff and then i went on to see some other 3d movies and there there was there's a major difference between a movie shot in 3d mm. and a movie with post production 3d Right, but even amongst the stuff shot in 3d those do not even come close to what James Cameron did with Avatar. Yeah. Now, that being said, I have not seen Avatar since I saw it that day. Yeah. In in the IMAX. I have no clue what that looks like on a flat screen. I have no idea. Yeah. And I'm curious. I want to watch it again,
1: but uh-huh. it's so long. Yeah, you're ready for Avatar 2 Shape of Water or whatever is coming out in December. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're right. Like I remember watching like Clash of the Titans the remake and that was a post-production 3D and that that looked like shit. It, yeah. This bad stuff. I don't know, but like based on just some of the shots that they, they go okay, this was shot for 3D. Yeah. Maybe it looks all right. It wasn't super distracting, but there's probably at least four shots that I had noted that I was like this doesn't this looks silly. Viewing it on television yeah. and just did not work for you know for, for me and almost the point like kind of being distracting because they're, they're weird angles like you don't right. shoot it that way and 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 what I mean what
0: happened we we tried the three D thing <coughs> theater it got hot in the theaters for a while sure and then I you know I think I think the production companies thought it would translate to home home theater. Yeah. But it just... And, and, and people were buying 3D TVs. Some people were... Bunch of suckers. And it's just...
1: It's just gone now. Yeah. It's just gone now. No, I mean... Especially... It's it, you know it's interesting just as... Any movie that comes out that's going to do big business for the most part is aimed at like... T- children and... Uh, families. You know... Uh, Pixar, Minions... Even the Avenger... You know... Marvel and all that stuff... That stuff's all very well suited for 3D, and they don't do it. Yeah, you know, don't touch so, it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting. And it's just I just a weird like four year phase we went
0: through. Yeah, and I and I I feel like maybe I shouldn't hold it against this movie. Mm-hmm. It's just distracting. It is. And so so maybe it's not really a negative. It's just uh, a victim of the of the time. Yeah, and, and just just a holdover from the time. I mean, you could watch Jaws 3D still on um, TNT late at night and that looks shitty as shit. So, yeah. I mean, there was this other era of 3D too, the, you know, the, the drive-in movie 3D yeah, was forgetting maybe, about. maybe it was
1: in a 20-year thing because you're right, yeah, like Jaws 3D, you had, uh, you know, Friday the 13th, 3 came in 3 there a lot of stuff in 3D in the 80s. Yeah. Then I feel like the 90s kind of went away and then we, I was like, oh, technology's back around, we can do it again. Uh, yeah, curious, in 2030, are we going to have like a here yeah, we go again. 3D renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fright Night 2011 had a $30 million budget, uh, grossed $41 million at the box office, 72% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 178 reviews. The critical consensus reads, it may not have, it may not have been necessary to remake the 1985 cult classic, but it benefits from terrific performances from Colin Farrell and David Tennant, and it's smart, funny, and stylishly gory to boot. Um, all right, yeah, let's we'll just kind of dive deep. Uh, what 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 are the positives for Fright Night 2011 there's a lot of positives for me on this movie ah.
0: um I, I like how they, they 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 use the original script as clearly like a benchmark but improved upon it yeah um the there they let some stuff go in that which bums me out but the the thing they improved upon it was like the the, the David Tennant character yeah um just so much more interesting than the original Vincent... Whatever. Uh, Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent, yeah. Uh, and having somewhat of a
1: story development with him. Yeah. It awesome. They, it was so cool. I think every character... I, I, One of my first notes was they do so much more backstory and character building in the first five minutes of this movie than the original. In the original you kind of wonder what Charlie and Ed's relationship is. Like, why do these guys like each other? Uh, and this in the first five minutes, just having Tony collab, be like, Ed called again. And like, you get it. And then you see Charlie's girlfriend pull up and you go, Oh, I get it. He's dating a hot girl. Now he's cool. Ed's not. Yeah. And immediately you get that dynamic. You get Charlie and his, like his mom has a lot more to do now. Um, yeah, there's just a lot more of that, and I definitely like the improvement of yeah, the David Tennant, P- Peter Vincent.
0: Yeah, even some in kind of the development side, like in in the new movie, Ed is trying is he's the first one trying to convince Charlie of that. Yes. the guys, in, in, in the original, it's the other way around. Um, and even though I I liked. How freaking nutty and crazy Charlie, or Ed was in the original? Like, oh, did you? Le- I, I thought he was so obnoxious. I love. I love. There was just something so funny to me about that. I could I, I. He was so ridiculous that even though Christopher Platts didn't go that, that that nutty, yes. Um, he
1: he was still kind of kooky, but more more relatable kooky. Yeah, he felt like a very like. Very much like okay yeah I know this guy in my high school where Evil Ed I was like this guy's a fucking spaz yeah I would have bullied him <laughs> like he was just so I found that character to just be so obnoxious not not like off putting but just <laughs> he he kind of grinds you a little yeah. bit yeah Evil Ed um yeah th- I did like that change of Evil Ed it was Ed trying to convince Charlie I I think there were like a lot of little I mean there's was, there's was some big changes you know changing. Peter Vincent, uh, from, you know, television actor to Vegas magician. I, I thought that was, like... It like, was smart. Smart. Yeah. Setting it in Vegas. Also, this is a Vegas movie. Yeah. Uh, Love it. it. Now it just makes sense. Because in the first one, I mean, I guess you assume it's set in L.A. Because, like, how would he have access to Peter Vincent, like, going to... Yeah, driving to the studio. I, I had no idea. And I, part of me thought, well, this could be just some, like, weird local... Cable production sure. could do that too, yeah. Where now it's just like, no, they're in Vegas, yeah, Vegas magician right there. Yeah. He's being advertised on television, uh, much like you know, when you go to a hotel, you know, yeah, just go down to the hard yeah, you can see his uh, billboard everywhere, yeah, and, sneak around, you figure out how to get in there and talk to him, yeah. Uh, and then it, you know, having Jerry, you know, then now you have a, a little Jerry, like his cover of, well, he works on the strip at night, he does construction, it's a transient town, like all that stuff is like. Great setting in Vegas. Yeah, and I mean,
0: and, and even even like the top down shot when they fly into the town, I did when I realized it was taking place in Vegas. I was like, man, they got that right because you fly into Vegas and mm-hmm. those little, I little mean, pockets, of, those little pockets right I mean, they've pretty much turned into the whole mm-hmm. outskirts of Vegas now. But yeah, just these pockets of these yeah. developments. Yeah, everyone's got a swimming pool, and there's fifty houses that all look yeah. the same. It's a
1: yeah. Five, five by eight block yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, another, ch- um, all right, they, uh, Charlie starts, I think it's after Ed disappears in the, f- there, will they go all the way in this one? Did it, fit, was it Charlie who was the one not going all the way? Yeah, they kind of flipped the script on that. I like, that was also just like a nice change because in the beginning, when Friday Night first starts, I was like, Charlie, you're being a little aggressive Yeah. Isn't? Uh, that actress was really playing up. Like, she was super uncomfortable, which me, as an audience member in it 2022, like I'm like, yo, Charlie, back the fuck up. It looked like rape. Yes. Yeah. And then he's like, and then he's blaming her. Yeah. But then they apologize, and then they're both over it. They're just, you know, they're, they're just pent up teenagers. We're like, Charlie's a lot more likable from the. From jump, yeah, being like, oh, he's like the shy nerd, like yeah, kind of a gender reversal, yeah, on he, that he, side of things. He's out kicked his coverage, and yeah, he he's he's slow playing it, yeah, um, yeah, and then as you know, as you kind of put, just the cast, like it's it's great when you just throw in a movie that you had no idea and you just throw it on. It's Colin Farrell, Tony Collette, who's always great and everything, David Tennant, and then. Anton Yelchin and Imogen Poots, like, both have gone on to, be, like, or, well, Anton Yelchin, you know, we, we've lost, but be- before that, he w- was a credible actor. Yeah. And Imogen Poots still continues to act. So it's kind of nice, like, to hit, like, on young teens. It's yeah. like, oh, they've all got, like, good casting uh, to just hit on everybody. Um, Anything else really stick out of need to discuss for positives? Oh, gosh, there's so I mean, I wanna, I wanna talk about. Uh, there's a, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I, uh, Colin Farrell, great mysterious hunk. Yeah, that, that's a good.
0: I, I don't know what he was doing before this movie. Yeah, was this pre or post in Bruges? Uh, to me, in Bruges <laughs> is like the Colin Farrell, like pinnacle. Uh huh. And. But he 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 does he plays this this, and and that's a, a that's always a
1: vampire thing that they seem to. This that. is after Embruge. In okay. Embruge is two thousand eight. Fright Night. Yeah, two thousand eleven. So he's coming off of horrible bosses right before this, and then he goes on to do the Total Recall remake. That was the downfall of Colin Farrell. And then, and then, yeah, he kind of takes a step back. True detective Season 2, which was the ultimate downfall <laughs> yeah. of everything. Uh, and then, you know, then he kind of gets, you know, he does some things I've heard of where it's like, oh, Colin Farrell's really good in this, like The Lobster, Killing of the Sacred Deer. never seen any of those movies, but i you know, it's one you kind of just yeah, hear he, about. Critical, yeah, critical. Yeah. And then, um, and now he's back as the Penguin, so, you know, yeah, th- th- things are looking all right look, for look, Colin Farrell. The Colin Farrell Renaissance. Yeah. Um... But yeah, kind of an interesting point in, in his his career. Yeah, and they kinda
0: they they lean both the, both these versions of the movie lean into the the sexy vampire. Yeah. And that's just the vampire trope that never goes away. Right, vampires are sexy. I mean it never it's yeah. in every from from the dawn of time. Uh in, in, unless we're talking those vampires with the pointy hair yeah. things, but but even some probably thought they were
1: sexy. Yeah, you know, they, and they didn't do, I I kind of liked it, although I do kind of feel like, you know, when the action kind of kicks in, like, you have Charlie doing, like, you know, he knows that um, uh, Jerry is a vampire, and he's, he's taking all these precautions to, like, lock up, and then you kind of have the thing, it's like, oh, but his mom's gonna be the one, much like in the first one, you know, his mom invites mm-hmm. Jerry in, it's like, okay, that's gonna be the downfall, right? See, I kinda like how she's like, no, okay, I'm gonna trust my son, and we're not gonna do it. But um so yeah, I guess it's kinda like one of like but like in the beginning you're definitely like pl- they play up the sexy vampires, like, okay, that's how he's gonna get his in. Like, just from watching the original, like, okay, I see. Like, they're building the building blocks, and then it kinda gets um I guess it kind of builds tension right there to where yeah. where you go, oh, is she gonna invite
0: him in or not? It does, but then all of a sudden it just and and maybe we're segueing into negatives here. Sure. All of a sudden, it just, it just, like, the string is cut. The, the the first has this, like, section of cat and mouse. Yeah. And they just completely skip it with this movie and get into just
1: the hunt. Yeah. Uh, you know, to go back to the positives, the first half of the movie I definitely think is stronger than the second half, and I do think that cat and mouse of Jerry, like, we know he's a vampire. I mean, you know, you might take this movie, you know he's a vampire, but the, the movie does a good job of letting us in and then just kind of playing up the I mean it's an hour and 40 minute movie it's like it's almost like I want more of that but then they too kind of just then it just turns yeah out you like, know I, I think about what I would want more of and I think no
0: I don't want more movie though like right, exactly. I, I want more development of Ed and his discovery of, of yeah and why he became suspicious of him and then I want more of 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 Colin Farrell's vampire like toying with the family and, or maybe even developing rapport with the mom. Yeah. I kind of want more of that but then it's just
1: if they add that now we're looking at a two hour movie. Yeah. Maybe cut Charlie going in to save Dolores. Like we have Dolores go in Charlie knows what's up we hear the scream but then they do like the first one where it's like she screams the cops come it's fine he doesn't need to break into the house and then maybe then now you, you give yourself an extra six minutes of time there but yeah you're right this I mean another positive hour 45 minutes movie like it does not drag I don't feel at any part yeah and
0: I really like the rescue scene uh, mostly I I like the mystery of like holy shit I'm hiding his closet and mm-hmm. then I found a secret door in the closet and he's keeping pe- keeping humans like cattle back here yeah I just think that's super
1: cool like a
0: cool vampire move yeah um going
1: into the now okay um what didn't work for
0: you? Oh, uh, yeah, cutting short a couple of the story things. Mm. Uh, we just jump... We just we just jump into the action almost too fast for
1: me. Him knocking on the door and then being like, okay, and then going from that to blowing up the house, that escalates very fast. Also, I think it's one of those ideas that probably sounded better on paper than the execution of it. I was like, yeah, that's not that cool. Yeah, even, even just adding another scene
0: maybe between just all of a sudden going into forceful enter the house mode I I just felt like I lost like so much time like it it just was such a jump
1: you know I wanted I wanted I wanted one scene of Jerry flirting with either the mom or Amy after um Charlie knows. Yeah. That's what it's... Because we see that stuff before Charlie's suspicious of him. But we need that one scene of Charlie being... Charlie knowing he's a vampire. And him being... Him and Jerry knowing Charlie knows he's a vampire. And kind of that moment of like, but I can get really close to your... I can, I can get close to you if I wanted to. Right. right. Yeah, your mom, your girlfriend. I, I could get them at any time. And, you know, we need we, we, that scene. That one scene. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, and then the the three D shots. So yeah, you know, we talked about the paint can through the thing. The CGI blood just does not age well. Yeah. The scene where Jerry throws the motorcycle through the back did not look good at all. No. I was like, that's not even close to her face. Like she's not reacting like that's close to her face because there probably was nothing there. Like where it was like a green tennis ball or whatever they used. It yeah, just stuff like that. Just it just doesn't look good. 12 years, 11 years later. Yeah, and, and I... That
0: that blood scene stuff and that 3D stuff is another one of those things... Like, we talked about it. Should we be critical of this? Mm. Because this could have... This could have been even better movie than it is without the gore. Yeah. It doesn't need it. It could have been a darker, more mysterious...
1: Uh, save save the big action scene for the end and and have if that was all the CGI we got was the big fight at the end where there's fire and you know that yeah I think if you would have done Dolores dying the same way like Ed dies like you don't need the big like blood pack explosion just you know CG, you know, computer generate that, but save some of, like, the blood splattering up in some yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, I, I, I do think that th- this movie didn't, and it was just part of the time, like, as we mentioned, the 3D, the CGI thing, I was like, I wonder now if this was, re- and we'll get into this if it doesn't need a remake, but I do wonder now with how much, like, practical effects have come back, how much movies are kind of giving lower, but- you know, like, this movie would not get a $30 million budget now, if you remade it. Like it'd be on Netflix or Amazon. We'd read it. it's like oh well, I guess thirty million dollars for like inflation or whatever. Sure. But it wouldn't like thirty seemed high when I read it. Now, I think maybe a lot more would be done practically. I kind of think about like the Fright Night series or not Fright Night. Um, uh, what was the Netflix series they did the three movies? Yeah, the uh, Fear, Fear Street. Street. Yeah, I think of the Fear Street movies. I was like, I wonder if this was kind of done in the same vein of that. If like it would have been a
0: improved
1: on a movie that kind of already improved on stuff from the 80s. Yeah. Um, The ending. Do do you feel like we needed like one little last scare stinger? No, I don't think so. I kind of like the ending. I like the ending of the original of just like, I mean, I guess it's Evil Ed somehow lived through all that. I guess they don't. I guess they show him transforming back but I guess he could have lived and the laugh and it's like okay there's still more like Charlie's not safe where this kind of ends I either think we need it was just such a weird moment to end on of like I guess they're going to bone now and that's the end of our movie yeah and the song choice like just not the right song choice for to go into uh, 99 Problems but like a country oh the Hugo cover of 99 yeah. Problems yeah yeah I, I it just felt really, like yeah it's kind of like a, a abrupt ending it just yeah. yeah it's kind of maybe a weird place to end of, but um, yeah, and I watched the first one first and so I was I was waiting for the okay what are they gonna do for like the last like okay but there's still some danger in the world and then we just don't get it
0: yeah just not I even I scrolled all the end of the credits I was like I thought we'd get something yeah like, like an axe flying at the screen or something but. <laughs> yeah. I always need an axe flight at the yeah. fly screen. I know, I forgot to mention this in the positives. Sure. I, I really enjoyed the more like, because you know I'm into weird mythical shit. Uh-huh. I, I liked when, when Charlie is, is sneaking through his house and he sees all the old stuff. Yeah. Uh, because that's one of, my favorite vampire thing is they're like these ages creatures mm-hmm. and they're, they're hundreds of years old and then even David Tennant's collection of artifacts. Yeah. Or Vincent's collection, is just like, that is so cool to me. Uh, um, and, and done I think done well just showing it in the scene not yeah. really a, you know a back a back a flashback
1: of him getting this old typey typey writer thing yeah they do a lot of good you know that that's just another like good character just zone mise yeah yeah you don't need a someone explaining to you scene you don't, I guess yeah <laughs> he's there was no onions chopped yeah, ready yeah. to go not uh, on the plate in the scene uh <laughs> Yeah, you don't get, like, um, exposition dump. There's just, like, all the kind of... just comes up naturally in conversation of, like... And it's, it's just part of, like, the good, like, well-done kind of character stuff that's done through stuff in the background, people talking naturally. Um, I did like this, and this is another thing about... One, I like that vampires eat apples. Uh, yeah, sure. That's fun. Uh... That scene, uh, what a, a nice throwback to the the original of, like, the apple, uh, and Jerry and the apple. That that was, that's tense. Like, that, that was, that's actually a well-crafted, tense scene of him sneaking through the house, trying to not be seen by Jerry, and then the reveal that Jerry knew he was there the whole time yeah. <laughs> uh, is great. Um, I also like this, that there are uh, breeds of vampires that when uh, Peter Vincent calls him, he says, you're dealing with this particular breed, which makes... Which means that there are other breeds of vampires. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you don't just have one type of vampire. Originated in... Uh, South America. South America, yeah. yeah and they're uh, tribal and, yeah. Um, uh, colonial or, or it's colonizing? Is that some... Um, okay. Would you like to see a sequel to this Fright Night? Peter Vincent, Charlie, Amy, Charlie's mom, they all live... Yeah, Vegas. I mean, I could be down for a sequel if,
0: I mean, I like, yeah. Yeah, maybe even just a spinoff of um, of uh, of The
1: Magician's like yeah. Yeah, Vegas career, how it explodes after this, I don't know. You kind of see, like, I guess financially it didn't do huge numbers, but, uh, I, yeah, if, if this kind of just seemed like, if this was like in the 90s, I feel like this would have been right for like a sequel Yeah. Of, like, yeah, Charlie and Amy are in college now, and there's more vampires. Maybe a new breed of vampire. Right, you got to get. I think a lot of the unsaid things
0: that that are there, or briefly touched upon, like the backstory of of uh, the the magician and why he's collecting, and, and mm-hmm. anyway. So, like maybe now, I don't know. It's just cool. It's just cool to know that there's more out there. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see it explore more. So maybe, even, and maybe. They never came out and said it, but was this vampire hunting? Was he looking for the magician? Because c- clearly it was the same guy who
1: killed his parents. It was. They made that clear. And Peter Vincent would be so... Fa- I mean, I guess if you were in Vegas, like Peter Vincent... To me, he was like Chris Angel, right? Like, yeah. So he was that famous. If he's that famous, Jerry must know who he is. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking like, well, because he says, you know,
0: the the thing I did was was I I hid uh-huh. and like, you can take that two ways. He hid from the vampire when he was attacking family, and then like he hid in life uh, as his character, and then maybe he overstepped his disguise a little bit. Yeah, and then
1: Jerry recognized him, and right. like, he's there to to get him. Because I don't know if they, they I don't they the say job. it in this one, but in the original, you know, he said, you know, Peter Vincent's a stage name, right? Uh, and you'd think like, yeah, I mean, he's a magician. It's, Probably stage name. Yeah. <clears throat> um. All right. What about a remake? Eleven years later, the story of *Fright Night*. Comedy horror kid and girlfriend have to deal with a vampire movie next door. You know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and say yes because we
0: need more original, like classic vampire movies. Mm. And this, and to me, this is a this is more of a, along the classic lines of a vampire movie. You know.
1: I feel like a lot of times we kind of say like ah we don't really need a remake. This is like a movie. This is a story that I think would be perfect. This would have been ideal to come out on a streamer. Yeah. I I think like Netflix. Uh, that being said, I I'll, I'll probably end up watching Day Job. <laughs> but uh, have you seen that? I haven't watched it yet. No. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, like they have a vampire. <laughs> it's movie. It's on my list. As, as we speak, yep. they they just released a vampire I'm, movie. I'm into the Netflix vampire movies. They're doing yeah. they're doing good. I didn't see the one about the Uber driver, but maybe I'll do a nice little double feature of uh, uh, the Uber driver vampire movie and the Jamie Foxx one. Uh, But yeah, this just seems like... Now, if you made it in 2011, for like Amazon or Hulu or Netflix, you you don't maybe rely on the... You don't do the 3D at all, and maybe you kind of go back to some more practical effects, and you... What I think Friday Night 2011 benefited from and this is why sometimes remakes are good is that original friday had good bones it was a good thing and then 2011 was able to just improve like take take the blueprint and kind of make it a little bit better and now you can kind of do that again and you got a great movie yeah yeah you know you you cast some notable guy as uh jerry uh you know some hunky 30 year old man you know 40 year old guy and then Grab one of the Stranger Thing kids. Finn Wolfhard is Charlie, and people watch that movie definitely. Or uh, gender gender, it, uh, gender reverse it. Gender reverse it. Eleven. Eleven is also Char- Charlie's a name that can go. Uh, you know, it's uh, what do we call that? That uh, works both ways. Eleven's the vampire. Oh, eleven's the vampire. Yeah. No one would buy her as a construction worker <laughs> <laughs>
0: working on the Vegas Strip. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, well, see, that, that's why, you know, sometimes gender reversing works, but, okay, if, uh, if Jerry, also a name that can, you know, uh, work, work both names, but if that's, um, uh, I don't know, Sofia Vergara, I only like her name's on top of my head because, uh, Ginger is actually her adopted sister, uh, they're related in real life, uh, if she's a vampire and she's trying to uh Charlie's single dad, she's being invited in Like as soon as she moves in. And then the whole, you know, now there's no tension if she's being invited or not. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, What? Okay. so a remake, sequel. What character in this movie would you like to most see a spinoff of? Peter Vincent. Is he in too much? No. I agree. I but like him. I don't even want the spinoff to be Peter Vincent Vampire Hunter. I want it to be Peter Vincent Magician. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I would want like to see the, a movie on his magic act. You know, maybe
0: his his rise to his yeah. his Vegas residency. Yeah, more more him and Ginger tension. Of just flipping <laughs> each other off. I did. Uh, that was the quippiness of that, and, yeah. and those two were really funny. I like that it's drinks Midori. Yeah, addicted to Midori. Yeah. Sugary, melon-flavored liqueur. Yes. <laughs> flask of Midori. Yeah. Drinks it straight and it pours it over ice and just, like, has a nice smell. Yeah. And that's really funny to me because... And it pours out the rag to wipe like this... We cleaned out some of our liquor bottles uh-huh. at home. And there was a bottle of Midori that had to have been 20 years. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not 20. At least 10 years in, in our cabinet. And mm-hmm. I had to fight to throw it away. I was like, we... And it was mostly full. I'm like, we don't need this bottle of Midori. If. You couldn't
1: even get the cap open, it did crystallize all the sugar. If you had done your liquor clean out after watching Friday Night, would you have been tempted to go pour, pour, pour you a little. Pour, pour you a couple fingers of Midori? Yeah, I might taste it. Yeah.
0: Well, that was part of the thing. Uh, I Jane didn't want to throw it away, uh, and I and I said you have to pour in a shot, and you have to drink it with a straight face, and we keep it, and she couldn't do it. There you go. <laughs> I, yeah, we <laughs> sort it out.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, very small cast. Like you know, everybody's kind of it was really like six people in this entire movie. Yeah. I guess you know, I guess Ed maybe if would qualify for this. I guess if we wanted to go really obscure. Do we get just get the um, uh, exploits of uh, Dave Franco being a high school jackass. Douche bag. Yeah, douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> is that not. a color or was that the brand of the sneaker?
0: Oh, I have no idea what those sneakers were about.
1: But he said Puce and then Jerry complimented it and said it takes a real man to wear Puce. I was like, is Puce a color or is it the brand? I think it sneaker? might have been the brand. Okay. Um, Puce. Yeah, it might have been the brand. Yeah, put those in the negative. Uh, Charlie being a sneakerhead never comes back into play. That's a good point. Like you think maybe a running scene. Or yeah, something? they're like, oh, he's a, he's so he sleeps on the sidewalk collecting sneakers, and like we never get to see a sneaker collection. We don't ever see him wearing other shoes, you know. Um, yeah, a, r- a real miss to like you know get him in some like some fresh J's or some. Okay, I think they're I think they're a, think they're a um,
0: designer Puce. I think that. it's. I think it's actually pew p u g
1: t h. Okay. Pews. So oh. I think, okay. On my, I, I watched with closed captioning and it was p u c e, is what the closed captioning kept saying. But.
0: Yeah, I think that's that a could, lot of yeah, that, yeah, exactly. I think it's P-O, pew And that's a designer. Yeah, I think it's a, a designer. Okay. Yeah. Could you wear them to ball? They got some high tops. Okay. Sneaky sneaky All right. high tops. P u z e is that
1: P-U-G-Z?
0: p u g z? P u g h. G H Pew. Oh, like Florence. Pew. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pew. And I and I can see the close caption of P U C E, Yeah. Especially when, when uh Colin Farrell sang it. Yeah.
1: Uh all right, yeah, it takes a real man to Because he got
0: those teeth that kinda lift me, you know, with the yeah. teeth. Pew. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: all right. Um you've seen them both. You gotta watch one again, you know, in a couple months. It's fright it's fright it's fright night. It's Friday Fright night. Which one are you putting on first? This is a tough one because
0: uh, I, I think it comes down to my mood of, of the night. Yeah. I, I could... It'd be a flip of a... Right now, it'd be a flip of a coin. Yeah. Right now, I'd go the, the 2011. uh I do think it is a better movie. Yeah. I think the new one is a better
1: movie, but I loved just the campiness of the 80s Friday Night. I totally get what you mean by, like, the mood because if you're watching, like, say, Chud, you want to do a little double feature? Yeah. The first like it just fits this like feeling of like watching an eighties it would be that would be an excellent double feature. Yeah. Both
0: the movies are short and like yeah the same realm. Uh
1: uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, I kind of like I don't know, like I guess I never like seen like the Lost Boy. But, like for me like watching the first one I definitely got like just vibes of like I don't know, like like the Burbs or just like the, the, those 80 kind of horror, but they're not really, and they just kind of have a vibe. Like yeah. it's, it's a vibe movie. Uh, but yeah, this, this has, it captures that 80s, where like 2011 is a better movie, and I probably would watch, like if I'm just, apropos of nothing, if I just want to watch one, I probably would pick 2011, but there's a lot more charm to the 2018, uh, 20, uh, 1985 one, where like 2011 good actors everybody's doing like a really good job I I don't want to say that it feels kind of like heartless but it, it does kind of have like a little like we are just kind of making a remake yeah. and like not really doing a lot to improve on it though a lot of good improvements on it yeah um, but I think a lot of that is just kind of the strength on like watching a much better cast in 2011. Sure. Okay, then the final question. Did we need it? Friday Night 2011? i got to say yes. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I absolutely yes.
1: Yeah. I'm I pleasantly surprised watching them both, and I think there's a lot of people like you who probably didn't re- know this movie existed or never really thought to throw it on, and I think it's pretty good.
0: It is. I think it's a good movie. Yeah. I think it is a good movie. I think it is better than the original mm-hmm. overall, but yeah, I was, I was stoked yeah. watching. I, I thought it was fantastic.
1: Anton Yelchin,
0: really good actor. It's a shame. Lost, lost him too soon. Lost him too soon. And, and the yeah. way he died was just a travesty and
1: yeah. 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 Really. Um, yeah. Imogen Poots, really good. Tony Collette, just the queen of. Uh, what else is Imogen Poots? What have I seen her in? Was she in one of the Ari Aster movies? She was in Green Room. Oh, yeah, she's in uh, Green Room. Yeah, she's been, um, she was in Pop Popstar. Uh, then she has done TV. She's in Outland. No, not Outlander. Outer Range on Amazon. Okay, I'm, I have dipped into that one. I think know. there's been That's a couple seasons rolling. of that. Yeah, I mainly know, yeah, I know, I saw her in this, and then uh, I knew her from Green Room, which um, I was a fan of. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Oh, 28 Weeks Later. So we did one when she was much younger. That was, I mean, four years earlier. So she was the older sister. Um, Oh, very recognizable. Which Black Christmas did we do? Oh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. She was yeah Yeah. the star of that. I I know there was like three Black Christmases. Uh, Yeah, she kind of has a very recognizable face. And then there's like a lot of of like the art of self defense. awkward moment by Barium these are all movies like I've seen kind of just in passing I'm like oh yeah yeah she's she's always good in, even if the movies aren't yeah oh, Barium that's the the uh, Jesse Jesse Eisenberg Asenberg. yes yeah. um, alright yeah there you go Friday Night check it out it's streaming on uh, Amazon Prime right now yeah uh, okay, that wraps up Vampire Month. Vampire Month. And now we head into September. I'm excited. I picked a movie. So here's my here's 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 my uh, strategy going into this. is I kind of pick a movie and then try to work a theme around it and then try to find other movies related to it. And I picked a movie because I was like, let's you know we're going back to school. Uh, has it been a while since we've done a comedy? I don't really n- remember because we did vampires, and before that we did uh, sweet treats. So I was like, okay, it's been a while, been a while since we did a, did a comedy. So I was trying to find a theme around it. as was like, back to school, that two on the nose, school time. Um, you know, uh, warm pastries is another one I was kind of going with. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you the movie and I'll tell you the theme. These are street. These uh, they are both on Peacock Network. We're gonna do American Pie Two. Okay, a sequel to American Pie, and for the theme, we're gonna do iconic moms. Okay, yeah, movies with uh, an icon- uh, iconic mom okay. in it. Yeah, yeah. And I, and so, you know, I, I found a few that go with it. So I, but I imagine uh, you're not gonna have any trouble. And I think you know, let's. Let's, let's, let's get a little wacky with these themes. You know, as, as we go into uh, the 2023 school year. How, Mom's. However, you phrase it when you go to school. Sounds yeah. Sounds good. So, American Pie and American Pie 2, you can find them on uh, streaming on Peacock. Great. If yeah. you have that. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for Fright Night. Uh, we'll be back with American Pie. Until then, it's been Don't Be That Guy a guide, sequel, and Guide to Sequel Remakes. Like a stick through the heart.
0: Did I kill him? Hopefully. Oh,